We dedicate this season to friend of the pod, Christian Salisbury, a life and talent taken from the herd way too early. He will be remembered for his speed and agility, but most of all, his smile and infectious enthusiasm. If you're able, go to the link in the description and donate to the Christian Salisbury Memorial Fund and help more kids like Christian find their way to professional football. Carry that rock in peace, my friend. You will be missed. Hey, fellas! We ain't gonna ever back down from nobody! I don't care who it is! This is a brotherhood! And if we stand strong together, we can't be denied! If one of us go down, we have another, and another, and another that's ready to fight! So let's hit this field! Bang him! Bang him! Bang him! Somebody light me up! It's time to huddle up. It's the Turf District Podcast. Welcome back to the Turf District, where we huddle up to talk all things Edmonton Elks and the CFL. And we're a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. I'm Andrew, and thank you for joining us this evening live on YouTube. Or if you've downloaded the podcast, thank you for downloading. And make sure that you take a couple of moments to share that link with all of your friends and uh, tell them to join us and have join in all of the fun uh, as we talk about the upcoming season, which is going to be better than the last season. We know it, so just make sure that we join us and have some fun with it. Uh, we have a great show for you this evening uh, as we welcome back some of our friends to get the uh, Elks team all set up for this year. But first, we will bring in all of our favorites, starting with Superfan Mike. Like and subscribe. Like yeah. and subscribe. <laughs> How you doing, man? I am doing good. I noticed that Super Mom is in the chat. Just wanted to wish her a big happy birthday today. Thank you oh, for doing birthday. that. Yeah, yeah. happy yes. birthday, Super Mom. Yeah, yes. Queen Sue. Yep, it's perfect. Um, <laughs> that's good. That and now everybody shall, will wish her happy birthday. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> fantastic. Uh, but a good weekend. Otherwise, we got to see some live football and we got to tailgate. Oh my God, the tailgating was amazing. It was yeah. so good. It was so busy for a preseason game. Yeah. Well, so, they, they doubled the spots, right? So used to be 80 tailgate spots. Now it's 160. Yeah. So there's a lot of people there for the first time in their spots, I'm sure. So absolutely. Oh, and it's... I was finished cooking by like 1230. So I had an hour and a half to myself. It was great. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, it was perfect. Yeah. Well, just, just wait. The 11th is going to also be. Yes, it is. Busy. Yeah. Guaranteed midnight. Uh, where's our other favorite? Oh, there she is. Commissioner Kayla, how are you? I had the lighting. I had it. It's still still good. It's better but than it was. was. I mean, we can see your face. It's wonderful. I, I know, but now everything is like getting sucked into the abyss back here. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's still there. One day. Green light, though. Like, hi. Like, right. Green, green light. Gotta like that. Yep. Next thing, yeah, it'll yeah. be a green screen. You'll have stuff flying around behind you. It'll be so much fun. Yeah. Stuff. <laughs> you get real excited about that. All right. Uh, let's bring in our guests because yes. we have so much to talk about with them. Uh, from the Ched studio and, of course, the voice of your Edmonton Elks, it is Morley Scott and Dave Campbell. Welcome back, fellas. And uh, how are you doing? I'm great. Good to be back. Always love joining you guys to talk a little football. And uh, let me also wish a happy birthday to Super Mom out there as well. 
fantastic. Yep. Big happy birthday to Supermom. And I love that we're talking about the 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 season that's upon us instead of the season that just ended, which is always fun too. But yeah, you know, this has a lot more energy and more optimism to it. And uh before I forget, just wait for it. Wait. Hello, Leanne. Nice. There, there we go get that get that in there early that's fantastic uh, i agree with you it is nice to uh to be talking about football that is coming up uh i was on the uh, two and out show this week thank you to them for having me on and i said uh this year it, we have like a different four-letter word it's hope and uh, we always like having that to start so um i, I do want to ask you guys first though before we talk about the team how was the off season for you Mine was good. Uh, it just uh, peeling the days off till uh, till football season started again. It seemed for a while. No, it was really good. We had a we had a good vacation, and uh, we spent some uh, spent a lot of time with Milo, my grandson, over the uh, awesome. over the off season. And uh, yeah, it was it was good. It was way too long though, like really way too long. I mean, with the Elks having the bye week for week twenty one and, and missing the playoffs, I know that's only another two weeks, but it just seemed to really stretch things out. So it's uh, it's great to be back. Uh, going to the stadium every day and watching practice and talking football with everybody. Yeah. I remember when we met in that last week of October and going, this is really early. <laughs> What's going on? So, so I'm glad we're back talking football. How about the off season for you, Dave? Yeah. Uh, long. I mean, that's the thing that's was really crazy about it is, you know, time to get the free agency. It's almost what it was almost like, I don't know, four months. I mean, you, you lose track, right? It's just, it just was such a strange end to the year, but, uh, you know, I you know I enjoy the buy or the, the the time off, but I mean, once the combine hit, you're kind of like, oh boy, I just can't wait to get back out there again. And then we have the nice May and uh, or back half of April into May, and you're like, wow, it's just around the corner. It really hits you; it comes up fast. But uh, yeah, um, it was uh, way too long, and I'm glad uh, we're here now. Absolutely. Leanne saying uh, thank you, Dave, and uh, also saying that you guys sounded amazing on Saturday. Seriously, you could hear the joy in their voices. So oh, thank you. Uh, that's uh, I mean, we hear that every time we get to listen to you guys. But it was, uh, uh, it was good to be back in, in the home booth uh, uh, for sure. Uh, the first preseason game is always a brutal game because there's so many players and you're so rusty yeah. and uh, second game is always more fun. And it's, it was good to be at home to, uh, to see it. Uh, I, I I'm, I'm terrible at, I don't know. What was your, what was your guess on the crowd? I'm terrible at judging. We can't see half of it anyway from the press box, but uh, I, I noticed, I don't know about you guys, but it was kind of a loud crowd. Uh, it seemed, it was I noticed loud. them more often than not in my headphones, which I usually usually don't notice uh, when we're doing the game. So um, uh, it seemed like everybody was having fun. Yeah, it felt like everyone was on the west side, so kind of under your booth, uh, which probably helped a lot. On the east side, it was pretty sparse. Yeah, I, I, would, I would, our guests, our over-under was 8,000. I think it was right around there. <laughs> I don't know if I could say higher or lower than Let's that. Let's go but, with that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to, I'll go with lower and give Mike the win again. Cause you know, he just, <laughs> he's, he's one, he wins both preseason ones, but that's it after that. That's it. Oh, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> just cause he won fantasy last year. doesn't yep, mean you get, get to win. It all. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> you know, I usually have a bit of a tell when like what the crowd's going to be like. And when I knew it was going to be a big crowd back in the better days, um, when you see the ends start to fill up early right and there's mm. a lot of traffic you're like wow it's gonna be a big crowd but you know on saturday i, I was curious and then it's like oh, one two 
<laughs> okay, they would, that's they gonna would be have been in their seats, day. but they were all busy getting some Popeye's fried chicken. Well, that's true too. Hey, oh, that was delicious way, too. We had some in the booth, and it was fantastic. Well, thanks to Morley. You, I mean, you, you did a great job of basically begging for it, and uh, <laughs> I just hinted. I just hinted. You strongly hinted, and it 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 worked out. So keep doing it. You have nine more times to do it. So do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe throw some mini donuts in there just for some variety. Sure. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, after you come out to the tailgate, of course. Yes. Of course. Absolutely. Don't forget those tacos in a bag coming up. Nice. Absolutely. Nice. Uh, nice. Thank you. Uh, One so, thing I don't like about tacos in a bag is the, the sour cream on your knuckles when you're all done. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we have napkins. We're good. It's okay. dessert. It's just dessert. <laughs> That's true. Morley with the surgical gloves before he goes into the doctor yeah. in the bag. We'll <laughs> Snap. Bring some Here we go. Gloves, so we're good. <laughs> uh, so obviously this is uh, Chris Jones 2.0's second season uh, back in Edmonton. So uh, how would you compare camp this year to last year? Uh, more organized, I would say. Um, you know, talking to a lot of the players, uh, the ones, especially the ones that were here last year, say everybody seems to know what's going on a little bit more because right. there's more guys who went through it last year. There's more guys uh, who are, you know, Chris Jones guys and and know what he expects. And there there's more guys who are able to tell the guys who haven't been through it before what to do and how Chris Jones likes things, how Chris Jones and the coaching staff likes things run for, you know, throughout training camp and for this drill and for that drill and, and, and how to operate. So it just seems, it, it just seems more organized. And, and I know Dave, you've heard the same thing. It also seems way more positive. Like people, people who were here last year, especially, and, and the people who were here for the last two years and have lived through the seven wins over the last two years, they really seem to be hopeful uh, about what lies ahead this coming season. I mean, even talking to Jake Ceresna today, he's he was, he's real excited about getting the season going, getting a win at home and just getting rid of the streak and just moving on and having a good year. That was uh, a good interview, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I mean, in year one, it was – it felt really slapped together. You know, Chris Jones took the job days before Christmas and then G. Roy Simon was hired as his, as his assistant a couple weeks later. And that's still not a lot of time to, to get your, you know, kind of get your house in order. So they, they brought the guys that they felt, you know, were going to be hopefully good enough to, to help them tread water. And I think they took some chances on some players too. Um, and I think there was the handful of, those players that they felt were going to be leaders and they failed miserably in that area. And I think this year, you know, in the off season, they had a chance to kind of develop the team they wanted and they went into training camp. If there was, or in the off season, if there's one good thing about a four and 14 season, which there isn't many good things, but if there's one good thing, they found a core, they found a core they could ride with and build with. And some of them were young. Some of them were established veterans already, and they were able to build. And what, what impressed me the most is the season ended on October 21st. We had the garbage bag day availability on the 22nd. Chris Jones was gone days later. He drove 2,500 miles to go home. And in between that time, he went to 20, 30 schools or more to, uh, to scout talent. And, wow. you know, he pounded the pavement big time in the scouting staff and, um, I think they brought the players and the type of team they want. And I think you have less tolerance for what they put up with last year, which was, you know, a little bit too much me and a little bit too much temperamental. And I think it was just because, you know, they didn't have the time to really put the team that they wanted to 
you know, the, the full team they wanted to put together. Now they do. And so far, I mean, I like the vibe. It's positive. Uh, it's, it's, you know, Chris Jones is on one hand demanding and one hand very, uh, very much a player's coach. And they're faster, they're stronger, they're more physical. And we'll, we'll flush this out in, in, in over time here during this, uh, during our time here, but they got to clean up some details and they got to play smarter, but I think they're on a better footing than they were a year ago. Agreed. Yeah. Oh yeah. And seeing as you guys have, I, I would assume been to more training camp than all three of us and got to see the consistency of the players and the elevation and how they're developing was is there one, maybe two, three that you found really stood out among the crowd? Go ahead, Dave. Um, Taylor Cornelius was one, I think, mm-hmm. because he felt he he looks just so comfortable being the QB one right now, and he uh, gets to come in third year, but first time under the same coaching staff, the same offensive coordinator, the same coaching staff same system and some familiarity. And he looks around, he sees Gina Lewis and he sees Steven Dunbar and he sees Kyron Moore and he sees talent, he, you know, Dylan Mitchell's back and he's taken command of that huddle. I think more than, um, you know, he's just taken steps, you know, he's and the one characteristic that Steven McAdoo brought up and even Chris Jones brought up about what's the biggest difference in Taylor Cornelius. He is more relaxed and, you know, he's joking around with, with guys. I know with us in the media, you know, he used to be pretty, pretty stiff and pretty short answered, but he's actually flushing out answers a lot better. And, you know, he's more willing to talk to you. I mean, the, you know, the first time we saw him, you know, he gave us a big handshake hug and, you know, just asked us how we're doing. And, you know, it was really, it was really nice. So I I would say Taylor Cornelius to start. I'll, I'll volley it over to Morley now. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, all of that. The guy who who stood out for me the most, you know, when you throw in the games as well, is is Shannon Brooks. And I mean, he's kind of a guy that the Elks were looking for. And Chris Jones talked about it at the end of the season, and it's what they did. And Dave kind of alluded to it how the, they're going everywhere to find players. They're going to Division two schools. They're going to Division three schools. Uh, he came from indoor football, right? Um, they they you know obviously he's got he's got a track record because uh, you know he went to Minnesota, so he's he's played at a big time school. But uh, they found him playing indoor football, uh, and you know, he's made a huge impact to me. He's the standout of training camp among the new players, especially I don't want to spoil anything for later tonight, but uh, <laughs> uh, he, he, he's been, uh, he's been real good di- dynamic in the games too. 144 yards in the two games uh, that he played. So I, uh, I really think he's the guy and, and you watch him in practice and he's just consistent. He's just steady. He's just getting his, getting his chunky yardage every time he gets the football. So, uh, and it carried over from practices into the games, which is always great to see because it's, it's pretty easy to sometimes for guys to get yards in practice when nobody's tackling or hitting, right? But uh, uh, when the pads went on, uh, he still did what he'd been doing in practice. So to me, he's the guy who really stands out. It's it's funny when you talk about guys who stand out. Nobody ever talks about defensive players. Eh? It's always because <laughs> well, the numbers go to the old, you know the offense is sexy, right? Everybody wants to know about the quarterback and the receivers and the running back and everything else, right? So, uh, but uh, I, I and I talked to Chris Jones today about his about his defense and and he's I think he's pretty happy with the way it's come together uh, through the first uh, you know couple of weeks and he's got he's got an important couple of weeks coming up to to 
push it all together. So it's hard to pick a standout out on, on defense because that's to me, that's where they're, there's been more guys rotating in and out throughout mm-hmm. training camp because they had they got some questions there that need to be answered, especially in the defensive backfield. So um, you know, I think on offense, you you pretty much can name the starters, right? You know who's going to be there. Uh, it's defense where they're going to have to add a few new players and a few new names uh, into the mix. So that's that's it's been tough to watch them because there's been so many guys in and out of the, of the lineup throughout the year. Yeah, it's going to make for a very very interesting couple of first games. Um, but I mean, if there's one thing we're used to, it's Chris Jones swapping in and out players. So we're, we're used to that, but he'll get it. And then they'll, then they'll lock down for the year. We know how that works. Uh, I agree with you, Dave on Taylor. When, uh, when I got a chance to catch up with Dylan Mitchell, uh, Taylor was coming over to talk to you guys. And then he was like joking around with Dylan as he was coming close and laughing. And I'm like, wow, I didn't really expect that. So I, I agree with you. Like there's that different demeanor and uh that that is fantastic uh before we get too much further i want to remind everybody if you have a question for the guys or for us or anything about the uh, the game or the upcoming season please pop it in the chat below and we will get to that in a short bit let's talk about this game recap so the elks drop a close one uh 25 23 at home against the bombers uh did have a chance to win the game on on a last minute kick that I believe was partially blocked. It was not recorded in the stats that way, but I believe it was partially There was blocked. a lot that was not recorded in the stats. You don't say. You don't say. Um, like like stats. Yeah. yeah that, oh no, there was there was some stats. Yeah, I mean they were there. Yeah. Um the second half was better than the first for sure. Um, but there was lots of good and bad to come out of this game. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the good first. Um Morley, let's start with you and then we'll come across the deep. Uh, I knew this question was coming because I I listen and I know the format, so I wrote down a few things that I wanted to mention uh, about the about the offense, um, and and I'm going to include both games in this. Okay, uh, first downs, uh, 26 against Calgary, 29 against Winnipeg. Uh, net offense, 437 against Calgary, 421 against uh, Winnipeg. Uh, 0 for 2 in the red zone against Calgary, 2 for 3 against uh, Winnipeg in that game. Time of possession, uh, I, I saw it somewhere, and I think it was over 30 for the Calgary game, but it's yep. no longer in the official stats page from uh, from the first game. But 36-54 in the game against uh, Winnipeg. So that's kind of what stood out to me. This offense is going to be able to move the football. They're going to have to finish, and that's the mm-hmm. one thing that Chris Jones has talked about. Although they were 2 for 3 in the red zone against Winnipeg. So uh, it wasn't uh, it wasn't as bad as maybe people let on although they 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 got close to the red zone and not in and and weren't right. able to keep the keep the drive going. So we've seen that a few times too the the offense move it nicely get over center field, you know, get to maybe the the 40 or the 30 and then the drive stalls out and they settle for a field goal or have to punt it away. So to me that's the good is the offense is moving the football. I mean, uh, 400 yards plus in back-to-back games is great against two pretty good teams, two teams that finished above you in the standings last year and two teams that everyone's probably going to predict to finish above you in the standings this year. So um I think it was uh, I think it was a pretty good performance uh, not just Saturday but through the, the first two games of the preseason and and the other thing that stuck out with me too is in both games Calgary in Calgary and uh, Winnipeg here started their number ones both teams started their number yep. ones and uh through the first quarter in Calgary, it was scoreless, and through the first quarter here, it was 7-4 Winnipeg. So uh, the twos stuck with the Calgary ones, and the ones here stuck with the ones against Winnipeg. So I think it was a pretty good performance uh, for the offense, especially through the preseason. So that's my good. That's great good. What do you got, Dave? 
All right, I'll do a X's and O's one and then more of a just an overall feel <laughs> second. Um, the D-line, especially interior, mm-hmm. looks really stout. I'm a little concerned about their edge play right now and the rush end play, but, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, you know, you got, uh, you know, where do you start? Jamin Pelly. You know, Daniel Ross has looked good. I mean, mm-hmm. he, we, we yeah, everything that Chris Jones – has talked about and we're like, who is Daniel Ross, by the way? You keep <laughs> He's a real this person. Guy. Where is he? Um, but I'm actually know, just going to interject for one second because when we were yes. down that that day that I did come down, and Morley, I think you talked to Daniel Ross that day, and yeah. I, I remember you saying to Hernan as you went down, yeah, I'll get uh, Daniel Ross because he's a real person. <laughs> like, it was great. <laughs> he, got, he got hurt on day one of training camp last year, and yeah. we never, he was here, but we never saw him the rest of the year. I think it was his he tore his pack. And I'm guessing he had surgery and he was rehabbing and he was inside the whole time. We never saw him all year, but man, we heard a lot about him from Chris Jones who really yeah. has high hopes for him. So, uh, you know, he's usually right about guys. So uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing him, uh, you know, play this year. Well, he's yeah, waited a long time. Up. He had Daniel Ross yeah. in 2014. He played one game for Saskatchewan in 2016. And then he went yeah. to the NFL for a few years before he came back last year. So, and he's only 20, I think he's only 29, maybe 30 now. So he's, mm-hmm. he's still pretty young. So he's still, yeah, he's and 30. he hasn't played a lot. Obviously not last year, so he's still got some <laughs> mileage on the legs, I think, yeah. too. So I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing him play this year. Yeah, sorry to. Okay, this is my you, answer, Dave. so that's enough of you. So anyway, um, <laughs> I'm hit the mute button. Your, your next question's coming, um, but I like the interior D line. I really do. Um, I think they got a lot of players that are you know very active and and they're gonna a crush the pocket. And that's the first thing about a pass rush. If you can crush the pocket, you got a chance. And I think their run defense looks a bit better. Now, time will tell. It's only preseason, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, from a feel sort of uh, perspective, last year, when a negative play happened, another one would come, then another, and then another, and then another, and then another, and then another. And they would give up points fast, 10, 14, 17, 20. And they would kind of claw back into the game, but that's why they would lose football games. When I saw a negative play in this preseason, for the most part, they moved on from it. And you didn't really see another negative play for a while. Didn't mean that teams weren't able to execute, you know, consecutive positive plays on the Elks. Didn't happen very often, I felt. But I just felt like they just, they just you know, they just brushed it off and moved on. There was too much of, and it was only from maybe one or two players last year, something would go wrong and they would throw a literal temper tantrum and they would have their focus totally messed up for the rest of the drive and quite often for much of the game. And you can't have that anymore. You know, as Ed Ganey told me when he re-signed in January, this is not the year where we're going to carry anyone and babysit personalities anymore. You're either going to get with it or you're going to get gone. So I like the fact that they, you know, you know, a football term is flush it, right? Just move on. And I mm-hmm. thought that was much, much better. So um, I'll save the bad for later. I was going to yep. Oh, yeah, we'll get, we'll get there. It, but we'll, we'll save we'll, it because there we'll is, there, there's a little bit of bad stuff, there's, but there's, uh, there's, there's much more good. A smidge. Um, and uh, yeah, in the words of the great Ted Lasso, be a goldfish. And they were goldfish in this, uh, which is nice to see. Uh, Kamish, what do you got for good in this game? Uh 
overall, I just thought that they looked a lot more composed, kind of riding on the tails of what Morley or um, Dave said. Just it looked a bit more mature on the mm -hmm. field, a bit more composed, and like they actually had a handle somewhat on the game, and they they knew their plays and they kind of knew what they were doing rather than just being like, oh hey, field goal, oh hey, we can't hit the end zone again, great. <laughs> You know, so it just it looked a lot more like a team. Now, again, this is preseason, but I got what I asked for and I got competition and we'll leave the D for the um, the bad because that needs some work. But, yeah. uh, um, I think one of the biggest things that I took away, I know he only played really in the first quarter, but uh, Taylor Cornelius's um, athleticism has definitely shifted and changed. I thought he was a lot more mobile and a lot more confident outside of the pocket, which I being a huge Trey Ford, Trey Ford fan and seeing him use his legs. It was really nice to see Taylor being a little bit more outside of the box of what he generally is used to and throwing. And so I just thought he looked pretty good overall, pretty confident in what he was doing. And um, again, just going off of what Dave said, that D line too made me, whoo, it was very, very nice to watch again? that. <laughs> it looked strong and it looked good. And yeah, I um I just like the overall balance too, um, of of what that game gave us. And you know, it's really, it's just really, really good not to lose by freaking 30 plus points and to actually see the red the red zones, the red zone and capitalize on it. Wow. The red rones. Did you become the red do there, or you just came became <laughs> me from rounds. last week? Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's it. That's, that's it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it just um, it looked more mature. That's fair. I I I 100 agree. I know where super fans going, but I'm gonna ask you anyway, super fan. What's the good in this game? I mean, obviously, you can't say enough good things about the run game as a whole. Uh, we'll Absolutely. talk about the Bros, Brooks and Brown. Um, how phenomenal games kevin brown's first run for 33 yards just yeah. set the mood for sure and then shannon brooks wanted to prove that he belongs in that backfield as well i thought he had a great game um but you can't have a run game without good run blocking up front and i thought the offensive line even in the first quarter were really imposing their will when they were run blocking mm -hmm. i thought it was great to see for sure um for a feel thing just the way the team feels this year versus last year um, in that second game really seems like they are going to really improve this year and gives us a lot of hope. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the linebacking core stood out to me as good in this game. Mm -hmm. um, the I, I, Like you said, Dave, it's preseason, but I mean, the total rushing yards for running backs and fullbacks for Winnipeg was three yards for the entire game. And we spent most of last season going, could you stop a run? And this year they, they're, it's starting to come around. So uh, that, that definitely stood out for me. I thought that was a, a good thing for sure. Now there's a few things that needs work. Um, so uh, let's start with Dave on this one. We'll come back around the other way. Well, they just, they just gotta be smarter, you know, uh, penalty wise. Uh -huh. Too many penalties on special teams that put them, you know, <clears throat> in their own territory. And I, I thought CJ Sims had a pretty good game. 
uh, return wise. So that that's hope. But you know, when you're when you're taking special teams penalties and you're and you're putting your offense deep in their own territory, that's not that's not very good. When Jeremy Dominique yeah. takes a liberty on Nick Dembski, who is clearly on the sidelines. That's not very smart. When he takes a rough in the passer call, when he had enough time to get his hands down and leave the quarterback alone, that's not smart. Pre-snap penalties. I mean, Trey Ford, he 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 had a bad time count. That was bad. And okay, look, we can tell this story, Morley. Why not? Because uh, we already <laughs> talked about it on the radio. You can tell them <laughs> yeah, off. <laughs> that's right. We can now. Anyway, we sit <laughs> we sit next to the coach's box, the Elks coach's box. And we heard Stephen McAdoo playing his day. I can't repeat the word. And bang. <laughs> like we could hear it audibly. Right. And what did, you know, and what did Trey Ford do after that? Again, a 14 yard, uh, had a 14 yard rush and they were able to score on that drive. But um, to me, it's, it's those de- little details that if they don't get those details cleaned up, it's going to be a struggle. It's going to be a struggle. So the the penalty situation has to improve. Yeah, the um, we actually didn't mention that. I I kind of thought actually Caleb had mentioned that the uh, the Trey Ford flight into the end zone was pretty yeah. wild. Uh, and on the good side for him coming back, I thought the <laughs> I thought when he first came in, he looked really rattled. But that drive yeah. to start off the third quarter was really really good and ended on a really fun note as he. Dove I'm trying over not to Jake be Keller. so obvious, well, Andrew. <laughs> well done, well done. All right, all right, Morley. What else needs work? Um, well, penalties. I'm. I got to jump on the penalty wagon as well. Uh, uh, the Elks had 45 penalties on special teams last year to lead the Canadian Football League, and it doesn't look like that's changing right now uh, because that's where the majority of them came. It seemed on on special teams. So, and Chris Jones talked about it for two days now about taking penalties on special teams, and talked about it on the post game show on Saturday night. So, uh, that's one thing that that's got to be looked at, I, I think for sure. And then to me, it's uh, defensively the explosion plays is. Mm-hmm. as Jones calls them. And there was too many of them, you know, including the, the Kenny Lawler touchdown, uh, the big run uh, by, by Pigram, the quarterback, uh, too many plays that just blew up and, and just cost him. I mean, you take those two plays out of the game, just those two, and it's a different outcome probably, right? Yeah. So yeah. Um, they got to they gotta get a little bit more consistent. They Defensively, I think they played pretty well, but they let those two or three plays a game blow everything up for them, and, and, um, and they got to correct that. Yeah, absolutely. Super fan. Uh, yeah, special teams. I know we we're going to pick on them a lot, <laughs> special. Um, but they were not so special. Um, Dean Old Faithful went uh, three of five in kicking. Now one Here may have go. had a, a, you know been blocked, but I mean we're talking about a guy who's almost a thirty-six-year-old rookie. That's impressive. Um, didn't we see this in the uh, replacements? Um, we did. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. And he was a Brit too. Uh, so <laughs> it's just getting really tough. I thought the returns were certainly better. Uh, Sims had that great return. Uh, punt return was 25, 30 yards. 30 yards, yeah. Yeah, and uh, and then the kick returns, I thought, as well. They got uh, some good returns in there as well. Um, but it just seems like now it's the other way. It's it's kicking and punting that's becoming a bit of a problem. Yep, I would agree. Kamish? Well, I mean, I got my competition, but I did not get my discipline. So, oh, those penalties drove me up the wall. I, I swear there is a curse. I have to bring some holy water next week. 
<laughs> well, I just I can't take another season. Everyone. I can't take another season of this. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's slash spiritual healer right on the yeah. media. Path Exorcist. Or, yeah, just yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. I'll just yeah fly Auntie Valerie down, and we'll just go on the sidelines and start smacking some heads upside. You know, like, now we're talking. Like, Oh, I can't do it. Like, anyway, that that's I. There's some stuff we have to work on. I'm not concerned about that yet, but the penalties concern me because that is a consistent problem. Yep. So. Oh, I get it. I get it. Um, the other thing is, is uh, Dave, you uh, you said that you know the offensive line did well in in run blocking, or Mike, maybe you said that. Well, yeah, yeah, Mike said that. Yeah. Uh, I agree. They did well in run blocking, pass blocking in that first half. Taylor was under a lot of pressure uh, mm -hmm. a lot of the time that he was in. And so uh, that's just, that was a bit of concern for me. I thought, mm, no, we need a little. Now they got better as the game went along and sure. uh, gave a little more time. Um, but I, I hope that that can be locked in a little better. And uh, maybe part of that will be uh, solved as we, uh, I was just going to say off the suspended list, Martez Ivy comes back. So we'll see if he's going to be taking that uh, one of those spots as he did last year and see if that uh, helps solidify that a little bit. Uh, all right, let's get into the cuts because uh, we did have some. 15 cuts so far. Uh, Chris Jones says there was eight or nine still to come. I believe that's what he told you. Yep, Dave? that's yep. correct. Yep. Uh, so here's the list for now. Linebacker Josh Adewumi, running back Bertrand Beaulieu, wide receiver T Trevor Bigu, running back Derek Best, offensive lineman Javian Caldwell, running back Jean-Paul Sortakinda, Simenkinda, uh, wide receiver Sammy Coates Jr., defensive uh, line Jordan Fletcher, defensive back Jamie Harry, defensive back Kyle Hemby, so we have no uh, no one from the Superman family this year, it's unfortunate. Uh, defensive back Kalen Hicks, kicker Greg Hutchins, de defensive back Hakeem Johnson, Running back, Makai Johnson. Defensive back, Jordan Lucas. Offensive lineman, Spencer Masterson. Offensive lineman, Elijah Rose Watson. And quarterback, Khalil Tate. So uh, any of those in there that kind of surprised you? Morley, let's start with you. Not really. I mean, uh, there's only two guys who really had been part of the team uh, in previous years. Jamie Harry played some games last year, and uh, Greg Hutchins has been around on the team on the PR for a couple of years now. Uh, so that's really the only two guys that you really recognize as far as name players go. Um, but I'm not surprised really at anything. I'm a little disappointed, actually. Uh, I really wanted to see Jordan Lucas play. I mean, mm -hmm. he came in with the Super Bowl ring and the pedigree from being with the Kansas City Chiefs and spending some time in the NFL, but he got hurt. He just couldn't He couldn't play. And, you know, the old saying, right, you can't make the club in the tub. You can't – your best, best ability is availability, and he just didn't have it. Uh, you know, he was supposed to start the game in Calgary and was was pulled that morning and, yeah. and wasn't able to go because of injury. So I'm a little disappointed we didn't get a chance to see him play because, uh, you know, they need somebody in, in that defensive backfield. You know, they've got guys who can step up possibly. There's no doubt about that. But uh, he was a guy who had a pedigree and had experience and, and maybe would have been a good fill in there. So – we, we won't know because uh, he's gone home now. Yeah, absolutely. Hutchins, too, when you think about it, considering the state that their kicking game is in, I thought maybe they'd give him a little bit more time um, mm, okay. and, and see if they could carry that battle over maybe into practice uh, over the next uh, week and a bit before they have to name their, their full roster. So uh, to me, I thought maybe, maybe Hutchins would stay around a little bit longer than he did. 
Okay. Dave? Yeah, just to just to add to what Marley was saying about Jordan Lucas and his disappointing, he might be one of those uh, cuts where Chris Jones says, stay by your phone. When you get healthy, mm-hmm. you know, we, we may call you back, you know, because uh, the secondary is still a question mark. And I believe it was a hamstring injury that uh, Lucas suffered early in camp and he tried to come back and it didn't work. So um, just go get healthy and maybe we'll give you a call later. Um, nothing else really surprised me. But I'll say this, you know, Trevor Beggy didn't have a bad camp. Sammy Coates did not have a bad camp. Yeah. You know what impressed me is the American receivers and how well they competed. Because, look, you're coming into camp. There's no spots on the starting (laughs) group. There's nothing. Yeah. Nothing. There's just PR spots and maybe there's, you know, special teams. or That's it. And we saw great competition. With 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 Baggy, who did nothing wrong. Sammy Coates did nothing wrong. He was the best receiver, might have been the best receiver in a rookie camp. You know, mm-hmm. Maurice French earned a job. You know, CJ Sims earned a job. You know, Raphael Leonard learned earned a job. Um, the receivers were impressive to me. And the Elks are deep in receiver, as deep as they've ever been. You know, mm-hmm. I can't remember a year where they were this deep, to be honest with you. And it's early, so I don't want to crown anyone too early here, but, you know, I, I mean, this group of receivers was quite impressive. That's fair. That's that's fair. Absolutely. Uh, Mike, anybody on the cuts that? Uh, I was a little, yeah, like they were saying, I was disappointed not to see Sammy Coates Jr., obviously, with of his course. pedigree uh, playing <laughs> with the Steelers. Uh, it would have been great to sort of keep him around. Uh, I thought Khalil Tate had a, a better game than he was given credit for in Calgary. Uh, and I was surprised not to see him in this last game. Uh, he had, what, four or five in his game, but his legs are what really separated him, I thought. I thought he was the best runner of the quarterbacks we've got. So I thought he might have a chance to stick around a little bit. But, uh, I mean, it's a pretty crowded there, and that's not including um, uh, Jordan uh, Jared Deggie. So mm-hmm. Who was back at practice this week, by the way. Outstanding. That's good uh, to hear. I think he's got a lot of potential. I'd love to see yeah. what he could do. So, he popped. Uh, you yeah. know, when you've got four quarterbacks as well, like someone's got to go, and I'm not even sure how they're going to be able to manage all of these. So we'll be interested to see. Yeah, for sure. Uh, how about you, Kamish? No, no surprises. Just sadness for one's namesake of, you know, no more sort of kind of. That's true. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is true. Uh, that yeah. is that one was that was the most upsetting to me too. So oh, that's I, as soon as I saw that, my that eyes Kyle. Like, oh no, well, Kyle for sure. Yeah, because I mean, you know, who, who does who, if he doesn't have a Superman logo on him somewhere, it's wrong. It's like, anyway, <laughs> uh, from uh, G Roy, that's right. Yeah, should have that. Uh, yeah, d- different meaning, but yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, uh, we have talked about the camp, we've talked about the games. Um, uh, we did actually, we did have one fan question that I'll throw in here. A question for Dave and Morley uh, from Leanne. Uh, whose performance in the game was the most surprising for you? Sorry, Ooh, you, that's a good one. I go back to, to Brooks, I guess, yeah. uh, especially doing it two games in a row because, you know, uh, Winnipeg knew a little bit about him after, after seeing him play against Calgary and they still weren't able to stop him. So, uh, he'd be the guy for me, I think, uh, all around he's, he's the guy, I think, as I said earlier, had the most impressive camp of the new guys coming in and he basically bullied his way onto the football team. Yeah, I agree. Dave. Well, uh, I'm going to give some love to a local and that's, uh, 
And that's uh, Mr. Oh boy, Jake Why Taylor. Jake Taylor. That's You're welcome. Because that would have been my answer too. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> Good, to the old Halsey. You know that guy from the the UFA. That's who it is. Yes, there you go. Hold on, kid. <laughs> yeah, there you go, Jake Taylor. And honestly, like I, I don't think a rookie has come on the scene with lower expectations and has done more to jump over those expectations since Kwaku Botang in seventeen. You know, Jake Taylor had two very solid uh, preseason games, and he was all over the football, and his football instincts were was really impressive. And that was the knock on him yep. going into the draft, mm -hmm. is athletically maybe the best athlete in the draft class. You know, Michael Broderick obviously is, is in that category too and was drafted by the Elks. But, you know, Taylor the knock on him, does he have the football instincts to play at the pro level? And again, the classic, it's only preseason, but yeah. it's about passing tests and he's passed the test so far. And he didn't, he wasn't out on uh, uh, today in practice, which is Tuesday. He was yesterday, Monday, he was running uh, with the ones at safety. Right. But he oh, wasn't out. Yeah. He wasn't out uh, in, you know, the second day of the week. So, you know, Purefoy went back to safety, but, you know, and, you know, and it, like he's taking advantage of an injury to Scott Hutter as well, but that's your job. I mean, if, if you're the next man up, you better yeah, execute and perform. And he has. Yeah. I, I was, agree. I always get upset when people say it's only preseason, right? Well, he only did it in a preseason game. Well, there was no regular season games you could have played this week, right? <laughs> that was the only game you could play and he played well in it. And that's all you can ask of him. That's fair. That, that, that's totally fair. Uh, well, I think we should uh, move from that to uh, this year's winner of the Jimmy Gaines. I can't do it like Paul, but I do. No try. one can. Uh, no one can do it quite like him. Uh, but the, the Jimmy Gaines winner this year, uh, Paul did, um, you know, his he got 30% of the vote. Uh, and the other 70% we put into a poll of the, the guys that we put into the poll last week. Uh, that included running back Shannon Brooks. Uh, it included uh, defensive back Marlachon Franklin Jr. It included defensive lineman Olivier Charles-Pierre, or as they like to call him, Steakhouse. And it also included wide receiver Maurice French. Did I say that right? Yeah, yes. Sure. Good. Okay, perfect. <laughs> um, and the clear winner after the two games was running back Shannon Brooks. And uh, he he stood out to lots of people. And in the poll, uh, he ended up with 67% uh, of the vote. Right. So uh, he, he did literally run away with it. Um, and uh, so uh, Shannon Brooks... You will get the very first Jimmy Gaines Award. Nice. Very good. <laughs> See? It's perfect. Like that. Wow. Now that is a Jimmy Gaines Award, isn't it? Yep. Look at that. It's beautiful. Yeah. So like I will try and uh, like and subscribe. Exactly. Uh, we will try and meet up with Shannon this week and uh, catch up with him and give him that award because uh, he most definitely earned it. Um, now. Mike, uh, you had a last-minute quick hoard and tell for us before yeah. we set up the season. So let's uh, let's do a little hoard and tell, shall we? Yeah, it actually just arrived. Um, I know a really hot uh, thing going on on YouTube right now is unboxing videos. So I thought, you know, this just arrived. Let's do a little unboxing video. Ooh, so unboxing. Why not? I know. So let's see if we can 
get that open there. Let's see what arrives today. So, oh, look at that, would you? Oh, my. That's lovely. Yeah, that's beautiful, eh? What so, year is that from? That's got to be in the mid-80s? Yeah, I figure that's sort of in that 80s sort of range. Okay, uh, just, yeah. Probably. <laughs> kind of does. Um, yeah, a little too small, but that's... Uh, and that's actually an extra large too, so that should be uh, a nice maybe little. Ooh, little, little right there medium going on. That's that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, that's oh very extra nice. medium. Yeah. So a friend of mine, uh, Miles, out in Winnipeg, he's a huge bomber collector. Uh, stumbled across a few things, and this guy happened to have this, so he messaged me and said, "Did you want it?" I said, "Sure, no problem. We'll send it to you." So that wow. arrived today, and yeah, got to open it up and see what it Is looks it like. Wintery rain jacket. It's, uh, I mean, it's very shiny. Shane is the, the brand, and they were always very, uh, very shiny. It's got that sort of pink ladies vibe but from Greece. Oh, yeah. Um, very satiny. <laughs> um, but, you know, the green ladies, I guess. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of lined there. So, oh, yeah, take it. Mike will yeah. stand out in the dark. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the rain will slide to... off me. It'll right. be great. Yeah, I'm wear that to a game. It'll be amazing. Yeah. It'll be, yeah, it'll be, it'll be so fun. Um, all right. Let's get into setting up this year. Uh, we've talked about some of the guys from training camp. We've talked about the games. Um, let's let's get into a little bit of some of the, the other outside questions. And of course, this is where uh, if you've got questions for uh, Morley and Dave and the gang, please uh, throw them into the chat and we will get to those as well. Um, Canadians on the team. Uh, we talked about Jake Taylor stepping up, but uh, who who do we think like who 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 steps up this year as far as uh, the Canadian player side of things? Uh, let's start with you this time, Morley. Uh, I think I'm really interested in watching that uh, receiver spot uh, where Gavin Cobb is having a good camp, and and mm -hmm. and it's terrific for him to come back from the the horrific injury he had uh, last year. And Vincent Forsman Blues having a good camp. He's played very well. I know Dave's on on the uh, on the eighty two train uh, right now. We were talking about him today at, at practice, um, and I think that's going to be an interesting battle to watch uh, through the week and into the season. Who's going to get that spot in the starting lineup as that Canadian receiver? So uh, one of those two guys for sure. Um, and I'm really looking forward to Enoch McConza this year and seeing yeah. what he develops into. I mean, he became a starter. I guess it was about halfway through the year last year and finished, I believe, second in tackles on the team behind uh, Scott Hutter. And uh, he, uh, yeah, he's getting better and better. So I'm really looking forward to watching him blossom this year because I think he could be just a, a dynamite player. So that those two and uh, Jamin Pelly on the D-line. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we're poised to see a pretty good year from him uh, uh, on the inside, uh, on the D-line. He's big and strong and smart, and I think that uh, I think he's going to have a really good year. If he can stay healthy, he'll put up some huge numbers, I think, and maybe get a chance to start playing on Sundays next year. Yeah, possibly. But Sunday afternoons, not Sunday at 5. Correct. <laughs> Dave? Well, I, I am wondering how long they can go with four Canadians on the offensive line. And I would say so far, so good. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you, Andrew. I thought pass protection was a little bit of a downgrade compared to the game in Calgary. Mm -hmm. um, better quality D-line, I think, uh, maybe. Uh, and, and I mean, Winnipeg is always deep up front. I mean, they yep. are freakishly deep. Um, but how far can they go, you know? 
Um, I think Mark Cordy is is handling the role of center a lot better. I mean, he was basically thrust into the role after David Beard was was traded, so that was tough. You know, can Thomas Jack Cordilla take a step in year three? Uh, David Foucault, I always have had concerns about. He's big, but he's got bad feet, and he's not physical enough. But uh, let's see what he can do. And then you got the one American spot right now, which is Andrew Garnett with Martez Ivy now laying in the weeds. Although I don't, I probably going to take a bit of time for Ivy to to get into the mix because a they don't have to because I think they want to grow with the group that they have currently. Um, and, you know, and there's no reason to put Ivy in right now. I mean, he's you know he's missed two weeks of camp, so you don't want to rush him. There's no there's no reason to rush him right now. So I want to see how they, this old line. Which you know, let's face it, Chris Jones and Giroy Simon—they bet on them, and they—they they said, you know what, we're going to go with continuity. But you know, Stephen McAdoo a couple of weeks ago said continuity is great for the individual player because they know each other, and and that is very important. But when your numbers called, you better just do your job. So I want to see if they can do their job, and so far, I would say they have taken a step. So time will tell. We'll uh, see on June 11th. We're starting on June 11th. Absolutely. Mike, you. Mike, you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we've sort of said it before. I'm interested to see how they manage the um, the ratio on defense. Right now, we've got just two people, uh, two Canadians listed with five on offense with the Canadian receiver and the four offensive linemen. I'm interested to see if we have guys like Jake Taylor, like Scott Hutter sort of forcing their way on, or if there's injuries. I mean, we've... Uh, Seen Aaron Grinds on and off. Uh, he's been back from what I've heard from the reports from David Morley. Um, but if someone does go down, do they they move someone like Purifoy to a halfback spot and then bring in the Canadians like Taylor and Hutter uh, at the safety position? Um, or are they going to go with the defensive line? Um, are they going to have Konar and and Makonzo as the two linebackers? It's going to be interesting them watching them shuffle it around for sure. Yeah. And well, but who do you think, who do you guys mark down as that starting seven? Um, so on defense, I would say Pelly, uh, Enoch Maconzo, Adam Konar. Then you got four on the line. So Foucault, Corday, uh, Jack Cordilla, and St. John, and then a Canadian receiver. That's so, eight. Oh, yeah, so you, okay. They can go one over. Yeah. I think they're in oh, a position yeah. they can, they can do that. Yeah. And that also allows them, if they want at times, they can take out the Canadian receiver and, and put in Kyron Moore in the yep. starting mix as well, you know, or Maurice French. Or Manny. Um, uh, you know, uh, and, you know, so yeah, they got, they got endless choices. If they can, if they can put five American receivers in, they got endless choices sure. uh, to do that because they could probably dress seven or eight American <laughs> receivers right now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, I believe that, that would that, be too many men on the field though. Yeah, that that might be a bit of a problem. Uh, a Canadian, you say Canadian receiver spot. You think Gavin Cobb, or do you think I don't Forbes know yet. Yeah, I think Forbes Monblo has the inside track right now. You know, he's okay. just he's a workhorse. You know, and I know I, I I like the guy, and I'm morally sick of me talking about him, but I'll talk <laughs> about him again. Um, you know, and like I like Gavin a lot, and but you know, I think Gavin needs a, a full season to kind of you know get the ropes down and you know if he can make you know he's made the roster there's no question um but i think um i think there's no need to rush Cobb at this point you know and if you look at 
the receiving core. You got Dylan Mitchell, who's the stretch guy. Stephen Dunbar is a stretch guy. Eugene Lewis is put him anywhere on the field and he's going to get it done for you. You know, Kyron Moore is a speedster. Manny Arsenault will get you tough yards. And I think Vincent Force Montblow is just a very good workhorse. You know, he can get you, he can get you a quick eight, he can get you a quick 14, right? So I think he just is a good complement to the rest of the receiving group with the starters. And if we're talking Canadian receivers, we can't forget Danny Vandevoort either, who's yeah, yeah. the ultimate uh, Swiss Army knife. I mean, uh, he's lined up in the backfield. He's lined up wide. He can line up inside. Um, he can he can block and play special teams. So he's he's a pretty, I think, could be a pretty key cog as well, especially special teams-wise. Yeah, for sure. For Had sure. a great game too. Did. Did. Um, switch over to the offensive side. Yeah. Well, I guess Dave, you kind of towed the line a little bit for the O-line, but what do you guys think? Yeah, not so. Are we going to have a better O-line this year? What, what's going to happen? Yeah, I, I, I think they'll run block very well. I think they like blocking for Kevin Brown. Um, you know, Martez Ivy told me today, like, if you miss the block on a D, on a defensive lineman, he's gone. You know, and that's why they like blocking for him because he can make uh, something out of nothing. Mm-hmm. Pass protection, we'll see. I mean, that's that's where it's going to really matter. Um, you know, and Taylor Cornelius was was pushed off his spot. You know, probably a little bit too much. The mm-hmm. the one the one thing I'll add about Taylor is he's is he's he's stronger this year. You know, he's yeah. added more muscle to him, and it, it showed. But uh, yeah, I mean, Kayla, I'm I'm with you. Is you know, that, that offensive line has to play much better in pass pro than they did last year or else this is going to be a very tough season. You know, there's no excuses this year. The talent's there. So uh, the boys up front got to do their job. I think they'll be better protection-wise because they got a better run game and because the quarterbacks are more mobile. Mm-hmm. Cornelius started to run more and get himself out of trouble last year, uh, near the end of the year last year, and we've seen that a little bit in uh, in the preseason. And I think him playing that way is going to be very forgiving to the O-line, which is going to, you know, make them look better maybe. Right. So I, I think they'll just, they'll be a better O-line protection wise because they're going to have better players around them running the ball and, and carrying the ball. Yeah, for it's sure. Fair. For sure. Um, I, I'm excited to see that. Let's uh, I'm, I'm going to grab one question from the fans and then, uh, and then I'll go to you there, Mike. Um, I saw that coach Vic was asking, uh, do you think the two weeks until their first game can help them in practice time? Hondo P as the kids would say, uh, I, I really <laughs> think, what would they say? <laughs> I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> I, no, I just I, want you to say it again. I, I think it's going to be a really, really uh, beneficial thing for him because the preseason's done. And I think the thing that's going to make this extra week beneficial is the fact they made their cuts. You know, they've got some to come, but they basically cut down to their team, uh, you know, m- with about, you know, eight or nine guys that still have to go. And they have to make decisions on. So it allows them to build some team chemistry. It allows them to have uh, more reps at practice. It allows the coaches to work with the starters more at practice time. And I think, and, and Chris Jones said this week that they're using this week as just to, sh- to sharpen themselves, just to work on their own things. Next week, they're going to start to prep for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And we'll talk more about the Riders. But this week, it's all about it's all about the Elks and how they can improve and how they can they can do things to make their game better. So I think it's a pretty interesting week. I mean, it's it's like it's a, it's like having a bye week in the regular season. Teams always play better coming off the bye week, but they get a bye week 
and they get to practice through it. They're not taking a break, right? So uh, the coaches get practice time, which is so very rare uh, uh, a lot of times in the Canadian Football League with short weeks and everything like that. So I I think it's a big thing for them. I think it's going to be really beneficial. I'm stealing that, by the way. Hundo P. Oh, yeah. You go, girl. (laughs) The other say uh, that too, I think, right? The other part I was just going to say that is uh, (laughs) – you say that it's good coming off a of bye week. I'm like, I don't. Did we watch this team the last? Couple well, of that's true. That Usually, yeah. different team. Years. Stop it. Different team. Yeah. Okay. All right. Different team. Different team. Okay. Move on. Fair, enough. Fair enough. Okay. Dave, did you answer that yeah. question? I don't. Well, think I mean, yeah. Like Morley said, <laughs> this week. This week is about themselves. This has nothing to. I don't use those lingo that Morley uses. <laughs> never. You know. Never. I have no idea what it means, so that's fine. It would be. You know, I he keeps me guessing, and that's why you know one of the things I appreciate about Morley. Um, anyway, um, this week has nothing to do with the writers. Like, it might have a little bit to do with the writers, but it it very much is about themselves. You know, and Chris Jones is simulating a game week. So today was day two. It was their compete day, chicken day. So defense won. So the offense has to pony up for you know chicken dinner tomorrow, and then it's day three. Then it's a walkthrough, and then they're having kind of a scrimmage which they did which they do today right but i think they're going to just incorporate a little more special teams into it so and try and simulate game scenarios and then you know they'll probably get the weekend off and then they'll set the roster uh for week one and then it's full board prep week into uh into saskatchewan but uh, you know i think there is a bit of a struggle for, from chris jones what do i do necessarily with this final week because you know, the majority of the team is going to be set after two preseason games. There's not much they're going to know um, or not know after the second preseason game, except for, I think there's still question marks, especially in that secondary. Um, and there's like, you know, a couple injury concerns as well. So, and uh, yeah, I think they're taking full advantage of this week. They're not, they're not relaxing. They are, you know, they're simulating what a work week will be like in the regular season and uh, it's a great opportunity to to better themselves. Fantastic. All right, Mike, let's go to you on the offensive questions. Yeah, so um, I think it's safe to say we can figure out that our top three receivers are Gina Lewis, Stephen Dunbar, and Dylan Mitchell. Um, but assuming we've got a five-receiver set, who do you have as those four and five spots? I For think starters. It, yeah. I think it depends on how much return duty Kyron Moore will have and I think he sounds like he'll have you know a fair bit. I, I don't think he'll be full time in the offense. I could see a rep split between he and Manny. And uh in certain situations you put Kyron in in other situations you put Manny in. And like Morley says, you could go nuclear option and that put us that you know put five put five Americans out there. Right. So um I think they have options beyond their third third best receiver and uh, or the or the top three that we know for sure. So I think they have some flexibility uh, beyond that. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree. Manny Arsenal, of course, you know, he's going to make his catches. He's going to get his time on the field. Kyron Moore. Uh, but how about having Kevin Brown as the fifth receiver and bringing in uh, Tanner Green as the fullback? Because Brown's pretty good coming out of the backfield. <laughs> That's and true. I think you can release him. You can have four go and then release him from the backfield with, you know, have a two-back set with Tanner Green back there. And uh, he can, you know, when he gets the ball in space, he can cause some damage. So I think that might be something we might see a lot this year, him taking those quick little passes, you know, three, four yards, uh, around the line of scrimmage, either behind it or in front of it, and then take off after that. So 
I'll go outside the box maybe and, and throw Kevin Brown in as the fifth receiver. Ooh. Mike's like, wait a second. Mike got all excited for a second there. You were talking about putting Brooks mm. and Brown and Tanner Green in the wishbone. wishbone. It's coming. Oh, it's going. One oh, day. We, oh, that's true. And and what about throwing Brooks in there, right? Like uh, having wow. having a two back set and having you know Taylor Cornelius with the opportunity to choose which one he wants to go to, right? And and have most mostly having the defense trying to figure out which one they're going to go to. Right. So yeah. That's another option that might be exciting to see. I know we're going to that guy. Still can't stop him. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a big Good problem to have. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Not such a bad thing. All right. Let's swing over to the defensive side of the ball. I feel like Dave has. ESP because you keep answering the questions that I have and it's wonderful. So we're going to go back to it, but who starts the secondary since you already started talking about secondary. Let's go to that. I have no freaking idea right now. <laughs> um, we have the experts on this evening. Yep. That's good. Yeah. Beyond Ed Ganey at the, at the boundary corner. Uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's, it, they're doing a lot of experimenting right now. And I have to say this too, Aaron Grimes is with the twos. He has not been with the ones all week. And I think there's uh he's being pushed and he's, I think, struggling to get over the final stages of this knee injury. And we have seen him, you know, a lot. He was a lot with the ones in the beginning of uh, camp, didn't play the two preseason games. And now he's with the twos, right? So, they're going to have a younger looking secondary, you know, pure Foy is going to end up in there somewhere, whether it's safety or a halfback spot, but then is it going to, you know, Kai Gray is going to factor in Dwayne Johnson may factor in Darius Bratton is someone I enjoy watching a lot. I thought he had very active preseason should have three picks, but you know, we've got three knockdowns. Um, you know, <laughs> he's a DB, not a receiver. DB stat. Yeah. yeah. So you can catch um, a receiver, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, I think I think right now it'll be five Americans that are starting in the secondary, at least to start the season. But, you know, they're, they're looking at a lot of first-year players or, or first-year CFLers right now. And I think that's, you know, you can't have veterans everywhere. You're going to have to go young at some point. And uh, the secondary is a big, big uh, question mark for myself. But you know, I mean, the, you know, they still have some guys here like Christian Campbell, who I think is, you know, behind some guys. And, you know, uh, I think, you know, Bratton and Gray and, and Thompson definitely are making their case to start right now. And, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what, what happens at the end of camp. Let's just put it that way. But I, I think I, every everywhere else is pretty self-explanatory. I think this front seven is pretty set. Yeah. As far as the defensive backfield goes, I, I'd only be safe saying – uh, Ganey and Purifoy are going to start. After that, it's way up in the air. And I think it depends on how guys how guys play this week at practice, how guys play next week at practice. I don't think Chris Jones will make the final decision on that until probably into early next week when they start getting ready for the for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders after he evaluates practice this week. But Dave mentioned, you know, he mentioned all the names, you know, Bratton, Thompson, Gray, um, Campbell. They're all in the mix there to to get those those other three spots in the defensive backfield. And Aaron Grimes, you can't count him out, you know. If uh, you know, maybe he's getting a little rest time right now and not going with the ones. He might be, he might be able to, to you know, to feel better and, and and get back into it. And if he can come back and play, then you're only going with two young guys in in your defensive backfield, which is probably a much better step. I wonder too if Grimes is a candidate for the sixth game. Hmm. Yep. That could definitely, be definitely yeah. possible. 
And another DB I'll mention, and he was in the Jimmy Gaines. Uh, yes, nominees. I was going to just mention him. <laughs> we haven't seen Franklin Mar- Marlon yeah. Franklin for a little while too. So, and when he was uh, repping with the ones, he looked good. Yeah, and he, uh, uh, yeah, he got injured in that uh, first preseason game, and. Um... Yeah, so I was I was hoping that he'd be well enough to be back this week, uh, but obviously hasn't been on the field as of yet. So um, we'll see what happens near the end of this week. But he did look really good leading up to that, uh, and and the interception in the first game, like he did, he was in the right spot. So uh, so yeah, I, I hope that he makes another. Also because he's a fantastic interview and a nice guy, I want him to. Uh, I do want him. His to name has season. nothing to do with it. Nothing. No. 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 Nothing. Yeah. No, you can't see anything. Don't see. Yeah, that's right. You just okay. got to convince him to wear 14 and then that jersey is good I, again. Right? right? Oh. It's perfect. <laughs> uh, when I did talk to him, I did tell him about uh, the connection to the last name. He did have a good laugh about that. So uh, we should be okay. Um, all right. The question that I have on the D, who leads the team in sacks this year? Morley, take your shot. Um. <laughs> I'm going to say AC Leonard with a oh, with a nice with a nice comeback year. I mean, uh, two years ago he led the league. He had a rough year last year, so he's looking for a bounce back this year. Uh, so I'm going to say AC Leonard, and I think this defensive line they could have a lot of parties at the quarterback. It could be a race uh, to see who gets there first. So uh, Jake Sorensen on the other side is probably going to be second. So, but I, I'm going to go with AC Leonard. Yeah, a lot of flippy dudes, right, uh, Mike? That's what we like. Uh, <laughs> exactly, Dave. Uh, Jake Sorensen. He's uh, okay. playing a new new position, speed end, um, which he got a lot of uh, sacks kind of in that position last year. I mean, he was bounced to the outside on on uh, three down sets or three down lineman sets. Um, he's going to start there. I think he's quick enough. He's definitely powerful enough. And, you know, he's got a quick get off. Like, you know, when he when he gets going, like, he, you know, there was one sack in BC before the game got really bad on <laughs> August six, but like he beat his man clean and he sacked Rourke, and that's very impressive. And he's got the, you know, the, I think it's the speed to power game that he brings that I like, and I think Jake Serezna will lead the team in sacks once again. Okay, uh, I, I want to take this all around the horn, Mike. Who do you got for that? Yeah, I think it's more likely one of those two. But if I had to pick a dark horse, it's Jamin Pelly. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of people <laughs> focusing on those ends and. But there'll be some double teams, and that's going to open up a, a bit for Jamin to get in there. All right, Commissioner? Yeah, I mean, I love a good redemption story, so I would love to see Leonard get the highest number of sacks. But, I mean, Sreza's hungry, so oof, it's hard. It's hard. I'm yep. not um, Hundo P on that <laughs> one. <laughs> I have no idea what that means. Okay. Um, I feel like I've <laughs> stepped into some weird world that is not my own. Um, the I, I, I'm going to throw out a, another completely different dark horse. Um, Niles Morgan coming up the middle. Ooh. That guy is on a mission. He is, I, I don't know that I've ever seen him move as well as he has in the little bit of practice that I've seen and the bit of the game that he was in. Um and I think he's starting to take on a bit of that leadership role. I, yeah, I'm I'm excited for if he can stay healthy. Great pick. That'll be great. Yeah, I would. I'd be very happy with that. 
I'll, I'll throw one more at you too. Um, a guy who hasn't played a lot, but when he plays, he gets sacks, and that's Christian Rector, who uh, oh, that's I true. think he's very underrated. I think he's I, – I had the stat. I don't have it with me. I think it's like 17 games, and he's got nine sacks. So Ooh. he's a guy who gets to the quarterback. That's in the last two or three years. So he hasn't played a lot. Uh, but if he, I think if he gets playing time, he'll be able to uh, he'll be able to get to the quarterback. Question is, can he get playing time? Because that's a pretty solid front four they have right now. Yeah, no kidding. They have a lot of guys like Coney Ely, uh, yeah. uh, uh, Christian Rector. Uh, they've got some guys who are kind of waiting in the weeds on this defensive line. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Oh my! All right, well, let's go to our favorite thing to talk about: special teams. Yay! <laughs> Here we go. So. What do you guys think is going to be the best phase? Is it going to be covers again? Uh, <laughs> boy. I mean, don't laugh at me. These are the hard hitting <laughs> questions. Yeah, that's right. You know, I thought the coverage unit got better last year, but they weren't very good. So you're going to be changing personnel over. So, I mean, they do have a lot of uh, long, thick body types that can get down the field fast. So, I mean, we'll have to see. I mean, it was hard to tell in preseason, right? Because yeah. there wasn't a lot of punts. So I, I don't know. I, I don't really know. Um, I, I think I think it's something that did improve throughout the year last year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, overall, it was not a very good year either. So uh, we'll see. I mean, they're a younger group. I mean, the one guy they're missing is Kevin Francis, and who knows if he'll ever get here and having a little tip with his contract. and. Mm. Yeah, Chris Jones put him on ice, so that's just the way it's going to be right now. So, um, yeah, I'm really curious to see if they can uh, if they can be better than they were last year because they definitely have to be better. Fair. They definitely have to be better. I think we all <laughs> can agree on that. Um, uh, I, I, you're asking what's the best phase of special teams? Yeah. Um, I think the return game is going to be okay eventually. Um, I, I think all special teams will be okay eventually. I think it's going to be because there's a lot of moving parts and new personnel. I think it's going to take a while for them to kind of find their stride. But um, there's a lot of questions, that's for sure. I mean, they weren't very good, you know, in cover teams last year. Um, the the punt was the punting wasn't great with the three guys who punted last year. Um, and uh, field goals got better as the season went along. But you know, there really wasn't one aspect of special teams I off the top of my head that you could say, yeah, that was good. Um, so uh, it's going to be a work in progress. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's <laughs> <laughs> fair. That's fair. Well, you got to ride those coattails and just say the kicking. <laughs> <laughs> Is that going to, what's that going to look like? Is that a ringing endorsement, Kayla? <laughs> hey, I, I I'm not an idiot. I just, I like pretty things. So. <laughs> <laughs> and you're the same age. So I mean, it's Okay, I'm going to step out of this. This, this, this right now. I, I okay, sense okay. a lot of people down on Dean <laughs> Faithful a little bit because of his age, uh, but I, I'm I'm treating him like a like a any rookie. I mean, he's new to the game. He he's only played one year of organized football, right. uh, and that was at uh, the University of Cog, uh, Colorado at uh, Pueblo, and. He's just learning the game still, and he can kick. There's no doubt about that. Like he's got a leg on him, and he can kick. He got um, legs, and I, I think that. 
<laughs> he know how to use and, them. And well uh, done, I, I think Tom. that he'll be okay. I mean, he did he did hit. He had some issues. The one he missed in Calgary was was just a mechanical thing between the three of them that uh, that didn't work out. I mean, he had what he had the big one blocked uh, on on Saturday afternoon. And I, I was talking to him today about that, and he said, "Guy made a good play. He got his hand up and got a piece of it." And yeah, uh, did. You know, he thought he hit it pretty well. So. You know, and I mean, he got a, it got partially blocked and it still made it to the 10 yard line, right? Before I started bouncing around a little bit. So uh, I, I think he'll be okay, but I think everyone's going to have to be patient with him. Um, it, it might be, uh, Chris Jones said today, he's going to probably ease back on him and have the, the 40 yard line as, as his, as his max right now until he, you know, gets the timing down. I mean, he's kicked a lot in practice or training, as he likes to call it. Uh, he's, he's kicked a lot in training and uh, he told me, First time I talked to him, he had a 75-yarder in training. So uh, he's got a leg. There's no doubt about that. But it's, you know, kicking it in training and then kicking it with guys running towards you trying to kill you is a little different, right? So uh, we'll see. He's got to get his – he's just got to get his rhythm down. He's just got to get used to it. And uh, I think because he's an older guy, he's more mature, I think he'll be able to adapt easier than a 22-year-old coming into the league and 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 being a part of that. So I, I think he'll more. be okay. Yeah. Just to add to what Morley was saying too about what Chris Jones said is, um, you know, he said the 40-yard line will be the target. And they did the same thing with Brett Lowther when he came back in uh, right. Saskatchewan when Chris Jones was there. And so just to, you know, with Faithful, the 40-yard line is the target right now until he has the confidence he can hit a 50-yarder with the same amount of, with the same stroke and with the same right. mechanics, you know. So obviously there's a maybe a little bit too much thinking going on with uh, with faithful right now when it comes to a 52 yarder and you know i mean you, you know the, the the defender made a great play but you got to get that ball higher yeah. you know yeah. and yeah. his trajectory was way too low yeah. and uh i i think he made it kind of easy for the defender as well so but you know he's got you know he's got the, the leg for sure there's no question about it and uh the other is the comfort with the holder and they're you know mm-hmm. they're trying yeah. with you know, with Danny Vandervoort, with Vincent Forbes Monblow, with Gavin Cobb, and even Trey Ford. So th- they haven't settled that yet. And I would imagine Dean's going to get a lot of say into who will, his older will be. And let's not forget, even a veteran like Sergio Castillo had some issues last year because he was working with a new holder and, and a new long snapper in, in rookie Peter Adji last year. So that ten that that trio has to come together and whoever is going to be the holder then they're going to have to make a decision and then go to work with those three guys working together and you know you just get better by by getting your reps in so like i say it's going to be a slow a slow process and hopefully it doesn't cost them any games in the meantime yeah yeah Yeah, you have to think about like the memory the memory muscle that he already has playing soccer all those years like it's learning you have that skill of kicking but it's a different function of kicking and what style and what shape the ball is too and and just the process of it i mean it's kicking but again you're relying on your snapper and your holder and it's just a different function of the game so yeah i mean i agree with you obviously but (laughs) (laughs) obviously yes oh we seem to have lost dave oh nice Super fan. Uh, <laughs> You're welcome. I love the fact that he calls it training, though. You should tell him he should just yep. boot it across the pitch. Yes. yes. <laughs> I, he, that might it, help. It's right? One thing, too, he's he's a real good interview, and I love talking. I had a great – I'm going to hear it tomorrow morning on, on 630 Ched. 
plug. Uh, uh, <laughs> did a, had a nice conversation with him today about Ted Lasso because he's kind of the anti Ted Lasso, right? He went from right. soccer to football, so right. football to soccer. So uh, we talked a little bit about Ted Lasso, which is obviously wrapping up with their final episode uh, uh, coming out later tonight or tomorrow. So yeah, indeed. So I had a nice conversation. He's he's a good interview. Uh, the accent's awesome, and um, for, just for that reason alone, I hope he sticks around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Morley's going to say training now instead of practice. Yeah. Yes. That's I, and I, I loved, I asked him, I asked him about, you know, the other disciplines and kicking if, if he, if he can punt and everything. And he said, I want to learn to punt, but right now my speciality is field goals. <laughs> I feel just whip out the tea and biscuits already. Cause this is just <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh my. All right. Big question on special teams. Do we see a return TD this year? Yes or no. Morley. Yes. Dave. Sure. <laughs> Commissioner. You know, oh, this is hard. Like, obviously you want to, but it's also kind of painful. Uh, so yeah. Just wanted That's to why go, I said sure. Why not? Yeah. yeah. Committal, yeah. Non, non-committal, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Fair. Mike? The law of averages says we have to eventually get one, right? Oh, but why not this year? mean this year or next year? Sure. Uh, why not this year? Yeah. I'm going to say Eventually next year when right. they get better at it. That's what I'm going to say. I mean, I, practice. I uh, practice. We talking about practice? Practice. Okay. No, yeah. training. 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 Uh, training? <laughs> well done. That's the title not of the game. podcast. Not We're a talking game. about training? Training. Yeah. Training. Yeah. I'll get oh, a text my. from Morley. Are you going to training today? A new phone. Who does? My speciality oh, is slacking off. So nice. <laughs> love it. Uh, take a quick fan question here, and then we'll get to the last couple that we had for you guys. Um, the uh, where's the one? Oh yeah, Chris wanted to ask, what's the best snack dropped off for you two at the broadcast booth? Oh, Ooh. oh. Well, we used, to get the, no. we used to get the snack crane coming in. That's right. true. Yes. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, which. I think COVID wiped out the snack crane. Uh, no one, John, don't so come we anymore. Had, uh, we had Dave yeah. got the nibs and and I got the mm. uh, the coffee crisp, but nice. uh, the Popeye's chicken was pretty delicious on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's hard to top. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Dave, did you get the spicy or the regular? I had spicy. I had spicy. Nice. Dave, as I say, is a little tender tummy, so he had, he had <laughs> Dave's spicy enough. <laughs> if I if I had the spicy, I'd be like, oh well, it's, it's so much for calling the game. Good luck, Morley. <laughs> pretty yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. Yep, pretty yeah. much. So, Dave, best snack. Best snack. Um, well, it has to be the the nibs for sure. Okay, so, that's a great. And a nib uh, once in a while, John would <laughs> would mix in uh, what? Just get a nibs cannon. Fire it from the like ah. right from the road can in the stands. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, my. There's definitely the nibs. So many images on that. Okay. Uh one other question <laughs> from um Mr. Prometheus. That's an interesting it is name. Yeah. Uh will Coach Jones follow the NFL trend and be more aggressive on third downs? Um, because don't understand in, the question. I think in the I think what he's meaning is on the NFL they're going for it a lot more on fourth down. Um, do you think that Coach Jones will be going for it a lot more on third down? Depends. I mean, the situation, <laughs> place on the field. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the punter? Can he kick it farther than we can run it? I don't know. It's tough to say. <laughs> 
<laughs> you better just throw it down the field and see where it lands. No. Okay. Um, Does he go for two more? That's my question. Oh, that's a good one. I think he might. Uh, I mean, he didn't go for two a lot last year because it didn't yeah. really matter, right? In a lot of games. I mean, right. Um, they they were down and out in so many games, and and the situation I don't think ever came up. And I mean, it came up on Saturday, and he went for it, right? And 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 didn't get it. Uh, but I, yeah, I think I think he'll go for it if the situation warrants it for sure. Um, as far as being aggressive on third down, uh, he's 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 big on analytics, and if the averages say that it's good to go for it. He'll go for it. If the averages say it's good to punt it away, then he'll punt it away. That's why I think you should go for it on, uh, for the two point convert. It's the league average is 55%. That means yeah. you're getting more really? than one point. Yeah. Wow. He seems very much more of a, the, the traditional style of coach though, that, right. you know, as Morley said, if, if the situation warrants it, he'll do it, but he rather just, you know, get Take the, the one point and move on. If he needs to, he'll do it. But, uh, you know, it's not like, okay, let's just get two points, you know, and I don't know. It's, I, I think going for two just to go for two is a little silly myself, but uh, I do understand, you know, you want, want to kind of be more, a little more aggressive, but uh, mm-hmm. I think there's other ways you're going to be more aggressive than just going for two. So that's fair. That's and fair. I think you'll have more options to go for two because you'll score more touchdowns this year too there right? you and, go. And than they have in, in years past. So there you go. Right there, yeah. they just get more opportunity to do it. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, all right. Uh, we got two questions left there. Mike, you got one. Kayla, you got one. All right. So here we that's go. The question on everybody's lips: What is our home record going to be this year? Do you think? Oh. <laughs> I, I hate you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm going to say better than zero and nine. Yes. That's fair. Okay. Um. Good answer. And when's the first one? Uh, I'm going to say the first one is June 11th, June 11th yes. and they're going to win five more at home. Mm-hmm. How's that? Six. Six and How's three. That? Okay. All right. Love it. Dave? So uh, I'm going to be more conservative and say they'll be five and four. All right. That's fair. So one game. I still that's think there might be a little bit. That's one game. Come on. That's, yeah. <laughs> it's less than six. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> fair I, that's where i was headed was five and four mike what did you have yeah i've got five and four as well uh i think i mean let's be honest one game is an improvement so correct yes five games that's a that's a turnaround of epic proportions that's that's good commissioner yeah exactly Just okay keep climbing the ladders if it's step by step so be it at least we're going upward yeah like that all right you're last on. one yeah all right what game on the schedule are you most looking forward to calling or watching or both? Well, Go ahead, the Dave. next one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, you know what? That's, that's, that's a it. great answer, Dave. That's it. That's what Mike Riley always told yeah. me and always talked about. He said it's the most important game of the season because it's the next game. Boy. And I, I like that approach. I mean, we don't get a lot of them, right? There's only 20 games a year plus playoffs. If you make them, you had two preseason and 18 regular season games. So I I look forward to every game. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm excited about every game because you never know what's going to happen, right? Uh, I do, though, always like games against the riders for whatever reason, be it at home or, or in, uh, in Regina, they're always exciting games for me. So if I had to pick a game, those would be the ones. Awesome. Dave. Well, I would, I would say personally, like, you know, the, the, the game in Regina on early July, there is going to be good. Cause you know, family's coming down we're staying at 
you know, our friend's house and it's going to be a different trip for me because I'm not going to a hotel. And, you know, I just basically say, please pick me a spot in the house where I can work. And, you know, <laughs> small hint of leave me alone, but my kids yeah. are coming. So that's impossible. <laughs> but, uh, so I'm looking forward to that one. Cause that's going to be, uh, it's going to be fun for the personal <clears throat> side and for the professional side as well. Fantastic. That's awesome. Um, all right. Well, a reminder to everybody, uh, Pick'em is back, but we're not going to do Pick'ems this week because it's preseason and Thank nobody goodness. cares. We're all going to pick the home team anyway. Um, and uh, we'll hold off till those games count. Uh, also announcing that the uh, CFL fantasy pool will be back and uh, yes. and the CFPN fantasy pool will be back where mike defends his stupid title that he shouldn't have won and uh no i'm kidding he totally deserved it um i guess who he beat yeah and uh <laughs> commissioner will be joining us this year yes. for some fantasy football fun uh so when nice. we do our hostfuls we can talk about how uh kayla is better than both mike and no I. no you guys have an amazing. easy not last place so. oh that's great i was, I was trying to I'm trying to pump you up oh here. let's just be real i suck at fantasy like i said <laughs> i suck at fantasy unless there's dragons and swords involved like otherwise i'm just trash oh well see how the cfl plays this out maybe they'll have swords on them it'll yeah. help you out that'll that'll be cool. great um gentlemen elf it can only be one highlander <laughs> defensive elf I like that uh there's so many names i could put to that anyway um thank you gentlemen for coming to join us for this evening morley i know you have a very early morning so thank you for joining us and staying up late to chat football with us uh we always love having you guys on the show uh tell everybody where they can find you and find all the good things that you do online starting with you morley all right. Uh, first off, thanks for having me again. I really, I love coming on the show with you guys. I, I love your passion and I love what you do. And uh, I don't think I ever miss an episode. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm very appreciative of what you do uh, as well. So uh, congrats on that. And uh, if you want to find me, you can find me at uh, Morley underscore Scott on the Tweety box and on Instagram and everywhere else. And uh, I'll throw in a plug here uh, for Antler Up, uh, which yes. is the Elks podcast that I do. Uh, Tape the first one today with uh, Elks uh, director of U.S. Scouting, Sammy Gahagan. That's going to come out in the next nice. uh, week or so. So watch for that. And uh, also plug for uh, Football North, which is uh, the Chorus Radio uh, podcast that uh, Dave and I are involved in, along with uh, Derek Taylor in Winnipeg and uh, and Jock Wilson in, in Calgary, Mark Steven in Calgary, and uh, and Rick Zampern in Hamilton are, are jumping in on it as well. So uh, watch for those. It's your favorite podcatchers, along with the Turf District, of course. So Of course. There you go. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, thank you. Thank oh, geez, Wilson. All right. Uh, <laughs> trying to take my take my earphones off. Uh, Dave, where does everybody find you? You can find me on Twitter at uh, Dave underscore Ched. And I want to give a plug for the Elks page at 630ched.com. Um, you know, there's a we, we understand, Morley and I, there's a bit of a media drain, a bit, as might be an understatement. But, uh, you know, Morley and I got our heads together and we said, you know, we, we got to plug that audio page more. And every day, most every day, you will find content. You will find, you know, Chris Jones for sure, and maybe one or two more items. We don't want to fill it up too much because we don't want to overwhelm people as well. So we want to be mindful and and choosy about what we put on the site. And, you know, there will be an article that I drop every week to kind of like a note, a notebook package kind of thing as well. But But the audio will be there most every day. Um, it'll be there post game as well. And, uh, we just want to, you know, direct everyone at 630, 630 chat.com, 
um, you find the Elks page. It's right on the front page there. There's a little banner there. And uh, of course, I tweet out the link uh, every day with the audio. And, uh, you know, because we want to make sure that you get your, you know, your ears on what's going on every day at, at Elks Land. And, you know, we'll do our, we'll do our best to, to let you know every day as well. That's awesome. And you guys do an amazing job of it. Thank you so much for all the things you do in keeping us informed. We really appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner, where does everybody find you? On the Twitverse at Duchess Lombardi. And I just like to say, I love listening to you guys. I learn so much. Usually I have my pen and paper here to <laughs> jot notes down because I just, it's such an educational format for me. So, Deal yeah. trap tonight, Kayla. Deal <laughs> trap going on there. I learned a new word though, or a new phrase. So I'm I'm a hundo P for you. <laughs> You're great. Oh my. Oh. T-shirts are coming, Kayla. Oh my, that's amazing. I'm gonna make the shirt and have no idea what it means. It's gonna be Perfect. fun. Uh super fan. You can find me on pretty much everywhere at 56 Parkies. And then the history and horde segments will be at Edmonton Football History Account at EDM H I S T O R E E. Lovely. Uh, you can, of course, find me at Free Delicious in the show everywhere at Turfed District. Uh, that would be on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Yes, even though I don't really put that much in there, but it is there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I should probably put that up there. I should probably put that up there. That would be a good one. Yeah, I'll put a little tune to it. It'll be great. Uh, also, of course, you can find uh, my weekly article on Three Down Nation after the game. Uh, so check me out there or check that out there. Don't check me out. Nobody wants to do that. Check out the article and then go, oh, it was all right. Yeah, that's fine. Um, and I'm I read okay the first that. one, Andrew, and you know what? It's all right. Good. Perfect. That's that's <laughs> that is precisely what I was shooting for. So I'm glad glad we got the response we needed. Yeah. Uh takes. Uh Hosk takes. Yeah. So we're still working on that. Um really gotta work that into it. The hashtag Hosk takes. Um if you're on YouTube live, uh, stick around. We are going to have some overtime with the three of us, but we'll let the uh, two gentlemen go that need to uh, be up and working early in the morning. Super early. Uh, so uh, we will hang around to uh, do some more chatting. Uh, otherwise, we will be back next week. And a reminder, next week will be on Thursday. Uh, and uh, we are looking at getting in a player to set up uh, the game for the uh, Saskatchewan game, the home opener on June the 11th. So uh, that will be next Thursday night. Uh, well, the fall, you know what I mean. June 8th. Uh, join us then and we will be uh, we'll be live that night and chatting more football and setting up our home opener win, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, one other quick announcement. Uh, we are also going to be hosting some uh, away game watch parties uh, at First Round Downtown. The first one coming at the end of June, June 30th, uh, against the Ottawa Red Blacks. Uh, so uh, the, some of that information will be coming out before too long. So make sure that you... Uh, ha- check out that and then head over and join us for a watch party and uh, we'll do some live podcasting while we are there and uh, during the game so it's going to be a ton of fun Uh, i'm excited to do that so uh thank you guys again we really appreciate you coming out make sure you guys catch everything morley and dave do because it's all amazing so for morley scott and dave campbell super fan mike and commissioner kayla i'm andrew remember you can't catch footballs with your face and we will absolutely talk to you next week thanks for listening find more great shows like this at cf pod network on twitter 